0: What's up, what's up? Shout out to all you in the posse. I'm Jared. And here on this program, we spread the awesome about healthcare transformation. We don't just tell you how things used to be. We tell you how they are and how they're going to be in the future. We like to call it marketing forward. If that sounds like you, then this is the place for you. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about looking at your data. Then we'll welcome this week's guest, Fernando Angulo with SEMrush, to give us the lowdown on national and international search trends. You don't want to miss it. Then hang with us for What's the 411 featuring Alan Shoebridge. Let's go. Flavor of the week. Look at your data. No, I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. Carrie Lyken knows what I mean. She wrote a LinkedIn article recently reacting to Google's announcement about third-party cookies, which is a game changer, by the way. But in her article, Carrie described successful search intent strategies. She made the point that in order to truly know what the patient or consumer is looking for, look at your data. I can't stress this enough, she said. Most healthcare organizations are not looking at the data they have today. And without those insights from data you already have... There's no way to build an intent marketing strategy that will satisfy what consumers are actually seeking. She went on Google Analytics, AdWords, Yext Analytics, Site Search, Adobe, all the search data you can find about what the patient or consumer wants from you today. Marketing of tomorrow will be less about pushing information out into the world as much as it will be about drawing people to you by answering questions about what people are seeking now, unquote. So why are we failing to listen, in other words? Why aren't we the ones doing a deep dive into our own data? I think it's because as a field, we are more comfortable spending time publishing things than we are listening to consumers or analyzing data. Think about it. We feel more productive when we create and publish things. We think it sounds better to tell our boss, I just created five things. I can point to them. They're tangible. You want me spending my time on measurable things? Well, here they are. And when we are in a field that continually feels under pressure to justify our value, that can be particularly alluring. But I for one would prefer to tell someone, I just spent half a day gaining insights about what our customers really want, and those insights are what we're building our search strategy around, rather than, I just published five blog posts on generic topics that had no thought behind them, and no one's going to care about them, but hey, I can point to five things. Looking for answers about what consumers want? you already have them. You might just have to look a little harder. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right, well, it's time to spread the awesome this week with our guest. I'm here with Fernando Angulo, who's the head of communication for SEMrush, which is funny, we were just talking about how in the U.S. versus outside the U.S., here it's pronounced uh, a lot of times SEM Rush, and outside the U.S. it's usually pronounced Semrush, which I thought was, was really funny. But uh, Fernando, want to welcome you to the program today? How are you?
1: Hi, Jared. Thank you for having me here. Oh, oh fantastic! Yes, actually, the pronunciation of Semrush is either way Semrush or Semrush. In some countries, they say uh, Semrush or Sem uh, Semrush. That doesn't matter the pronunciation. The, the, the thing is that you are doing great marketing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's that's the thing. It doesn't really matter how we pronounce it. A lot of us are familiar with the tool set and, and what it's all about and how it helps us anyway. So I think also we, you and I were just making the distinction right before we came on the air that I believe you will be our first guest on the program. We're coming up on two years and 100 episodes. And you'll be our first European guest who's actually speaking with us directly from Europe. You're in Denmark today?
1: Yes, I in am in an event here in cold in Denmark, it's kind of cold these days because we're in, in winter here, but it's a, f- a fantastic place for uh, holidays in summer. <laughs> but uh, I, I would prefer living in, in Arizona right right now.
0: Yes, this is the time of year that we hear that. And uh, by mid spring, uh, the roles have have reversed and we are telling other people that. So it's a great time of year to be here. But you are based in Prague, is my understanding. What's the the biggest difference you see? You know, before we dive into the rap battle, we're going to talk a lot about search. We're going to talk about zero click searches. But I'm curious, you know, while we've got you, just kind of what differences you're seeing in general outside the US versus in the US when it comes to digital marketing at all?
1: Well, most of the trends, of course, that we, we see in search, in search marketing, are coming, of course, from, from the U.S. But there are so many uh, different ways to do uh, search marketing, to do a SEO. I was uh, just checking on, on, on LinkedIn a couple of days ago how many SEO experts or SEO professionals are based on, on LinkedIn. There are about 150,000 of them, and most of them, of course, like uh, 25% are in the U.S., the rest, seventy-five percent, are not in the U.S. So there are so many, so so many ways uh, to do it. The ways that the algorithms are, are working in different languages. For example, in Spanish or in in, in Danish, where where I'm today is completely different because the structure of the languages, the semantics, and of course the search intent is not the same. In in Norway, if you say some sentence in in Norwegian, Google is not going to understand fully. So people already are aware of that. So they are creating a different type of content for their, their users. So it's kind of a mix of everything. We are uh, speaking in English, which is the the most popular language, the the, the most um, common language everywhere. And the search results in English are oh my god, are really beautiful. So you're very lucky, lucky, lucky to to be a, a totally English speaker user for from from Google. US results are oh my god, beautiful. In Europe, we have several, several different results. We have different databases of Google in Spanish, uh, Danish, German, Italian, French, and all the other uh, countries together.
0: Well, if nothing else, I think our listeners will appreciate the fact that this will broaden our perspective a little bit to understand how much more work it adds when you're talking about compounding the the, the number of languages involved with search. We kind of get zeroed in on just focusing on on our little niche of, of what we're trying to optimize for and we don't realize uh, how much more work uh, others have to do to accomplish the same thing. So a great perspective there. I think it's a great way also to kind of pivot into our rap battle. So let's dive into that because we're going to dive deep into search. rap battle Rap battle is where we challenge the status quo of healthcare as specifically what's going on with marketing and tech and digital and as we've seen this digital transformation that we're all still in the middle of there are a lot of things that pertain to to search that pertain to healthcare searchers themselves the things that we as consumers are looking for that that are related to healthcare and wellness and really there's just a lot going on in search and so one of my first questions for you is just in general what you are seeing like what kinds of of questions are you getting what what kinds of things as you travel a lot you travel internationally and you no doubt you're getting a lot of questions from people. What some of those first questions you're still getting most frequently after you speak about digital and, and search? Like what are people asking you?
1: Oh, yes. The most common question is first, what's the future of SEO? What's the next trend? How to do SEO? The most common common one. How to get uh, voice search results? And uh, the latest actually today how to um, retain, how to keep feature snippets. Once uh, you have, once you earned one, so I believe those are the top five. So,
0: any insights on that last one about keeping a featured snippet after you've earned it? Is it common for it for you to not have it after a certain amount of time? Is constantly is that constantly changing uh, with any algorithm updates? How how common is that to to lose it after you've earned one?
1: I will say, based on a, on a few examples that we've been researching based on the volume of the keywords of the that, that triggers the, that those features snippet, If the volume of the keywords are really high, I would say more than uh, 100,000 searches per month. So those results are the ones that are not changing that often. I will say for the uh, health industry, for example, we saw that the search, uh, the keywords, the search volume that are highest than uh, one million, for example, when they are starting the, the, the keyword with uh, the, the phrase symptoms, off, or the symptoms of when they're starting with the, the, the word symptoms. So those results are maintaining for the last year, for example. One year, having the future snippet is the longest that we, um, we research it research. Of course, for the lowest volumes, the results are changing in most of the the industry because companies are not aware that they had that feature snippet, so someone else can come and change it, just having the right format for that feature snippet, for example. We saw that in um, with the lowest volume, the changes are like every month, every two months, uh, or like five, six times per, per year. So that's pretty much a lot lot of changes. And how to keep those results? Well, we've been analyzing several, several results, and we saw that if you have a lot of uh, paragraphs, a lot of lists, a lot of tables in, uh, in one single URL, and you are repurposing the content that you have already in the past, if you have already some keywords ranking in the first of five positions, so that's pretty much, powerful to retain those keywords. But there are always risks to lose some of them. So you need to focus creating big lists, I mean, big uh, blog post uh, become pieces of content that includes several paragraphs several lists and several tables i believe the biggest amount of served features sorry of feature snippets in one single url are about today uh, 6000 uh, feature snippets in one single url so if you have 6000 feature snippets in one single url losing 5 of them is not something terrible
0: yeah, holy cow, that's, that is way more than I've ever heard of. That, that is pretty crazy. Now, uh, SEMrush recently released some comprehensive research for the healthcare industry. That's my understanding. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yes, of course. We are data providers, and we wanted to analyze what is happening in, in the healthcare uh, industry in, in the U.S., and we've analyzed five hundred uh, domains the biggest one including hospital networks healthcare providers pharmaceuticals and dental um, websites so we have a lot of findings uh, there uh, the first one the the topest one the most interesting one is that the amount of branded versus not branded keywords as uh, very very different so people tend to find the um, websites that are that they previously knew so they already have knowledge about where they want to go what type of me- what have of medication they, they want to uh, acquire fr- from where so branding is something important the branded traffic is about 25% which is not that much but still is really powerful. The most popular searches for those are in hospitals. So, hospital hospital healthcare providers, they, they receive a lot, lot of traffic. They're in the first place. The second place are uh, taken by pharmaceutical companies. And the last place, uh, the third place, is for dental companies. So, re- reviewing this information, we also check that the direct traffic is really good is like more than forty-five percent, and of course, most of these companies, all of these uh, companies are doing paid uh, traffic. They are doing. I need to remember that we we researched We analyzed the top five hundred domains in these industries. So all of them, they're uh, doing uh, paid um, strategies. They're doing they're doing PPC strategies, and most of them, they started to do something in uh, social media. So these are the the key findings that that we have. If we're talking about surf features, the top surf features for, uh, for example, hospitals, the top three are images, uh, top stories, and knowledge graph. That's not very much uh, different from pharmaceuticals. Only the the third result for for uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies are reviews. So reviews are also very important. And if um, we're talking about how much money these industries are spending, then the average spending on PPC, the monthly uh, spending on PPC, is uh, around uh, less than five thousand dollars for the pharmaceutical companies. But there are some uh, hospital networks that they are spend about one million dollars per month. So is crazy how much money this uh, industry is expanding month by month.
0: Yeah, those numbers are kind of (laughs) mind-boggling. So many vendors, so little time. Expecting me to know them all is practically a crime. But it's what my job's about. It makes me want to shout. I need some help deciding who to use without a doubt. Something everyone wants. Like a secret decoder. Something everyone needs. Like your own Baby Yoda. Help me to choose. I can't afford to lose isn't there a website that i really ought to use martech.health martech.health do yourself a favor check it out for yourself need to find a vendor this is the way martech.health who you gonna pick today martech.health is the vendor directory built specifically for healthcare marketing communications and digital professionals people like you founded and run by the og himself healthcare internet hall of famer ed bennett It's designed to make your next vendor selection process less painful. And here's why. Over 600 vendors across 40 industry categories, verified vendor reviews and ratings from your peers, a resource library of articles, videos, and events, plus an anonymous messaging tool to get your vendor questions answered without worrying about endless callbacks. All of this is free to use and share. Check it out at martech.health. What other findings stuck out to you in the data, specifically like for hospitals and, and health systems?
1: Well, for hospitals, I always say, the type of questions that people are using and the amount of content that these organizations are creating uh, post uh, the, the medical algorithm change that uh, make a little bit difficult to advertise some aspects of uh, medical services. So with this uh, algorithm that happened in, in, in August last, last year, most of the companies are tend to create more content because content is something that Google is forcing us to create more. The more we have, the, the quality of the content, and the engaging content that users are finding to solve their, their own problems. So in this case, I will say that the most searched products and symptoms that people are entering for the last six months are, for example, pneumonia symptoms, which makes sense, since the what's the name of the of that? This is from from China. That is come from China. The coronar pneumonia virus, right? Yes. So people are searching for that a lot. Like five hundred people are uh, five hundred thousand people are searching for that every day. Then the second place is depression symptoms. Still, in the top five. Then uh, we have uh, Lyme disease disease symptoms then strep throat symptoms, and the the last one is anxiety uh, anxiety, uh, symptoms. So we have several searches that, but those are the top five. In the pharmaceutical uh, category uh, still the number one, uh, believe it or not, still is by Viagra. Then is uh, by Tramadol, then by Oxycodone, then by, Hydrocodone, and the last one is by Percocet. Those are the type, top five uh, search queries uh, for um, the pharmaceutical industry.
0: Wow, I wonder what that says about us. That's uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it can say a lot, right? By Bi- Biagra, for example, is still is is the number one by far, like three times more than by Tramadol.
0: Holy cow! So it's not just by by chance that you know that we all get blanketed by these ads. I mean, if it's still being searched that much more than anything else, it's kind of mind-boggling.
1: It is, it is. So if if you are, uh, for example, we have here that uh, I have here will in, in the research we have by uh, any kind of uh, antibiotic, there is not even in the top ten search queries. So for any uh, kind of antibiotics is in the eleventh position. Probiotics is. Even less than than that. Oh wow, wow.
0: I need a darn ain't faking a book. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Well, you know, I think about all of this in, in terms of how it plays into, you know, a digital strategy. And as search is always going to be one of the biggest components of any hospital or health systems digital strategy. It just always is. But that's about the only part that stays the same. The how we address our search strategy continues to evolve. I know the I've talked about it several times on this on this podcast, the kind of the, that point last year where we hit with zero click searches that they are now the majority. It's now over 50% yeah. of searches that that don't leave that, that don't result in a click outside of a Google property. Can you speak to that at all? You know, zero-click searches, like how do we approach that? Now, how do, how does that factor into our search strategy?
1: Yes, of course. So, everybody knows that. Well, if everybody uh, don't know yet, um, let me tell you. Google has changed their search engine to an Azure engine. So, right now, all the questions that we uh, ask to Google, the ending of that is a Google result, a Google product that is called a feature. So, if we're, you're asking something to Google, you will have a beautiful Google product. that it can be an image, a video, location with Google My Business, that can be a feature snippet, Uh, people also ask. Uh, It can be any beautiful piece of uh, content that is a Google property, like the knowledge panel, for example, if you are searching for uh, information. In this case, for the healthcare industry, I will say the majority of the people, like 90 percent of the people are asking questions to Google. Actually, there are some countries and this is very interesting. There are some countries like, for example, India, where people tend to they prefer to go to Google than to go to a doctor, because you can have all the information that you have around your symptoms uh, just uh, making a search query. So the percentage of the people who are asking Google is like double than the people who are actually uh, go to a doctor. Uh, For example, in uh, Latin America, something really similar is happening. 99% of the search queries ends on a Google search feature. Um, um, If we see that the the people that are actually going to to a doctor, is like 10%, uh, just a 10% of those search queries. So we have 10 million people going to Google, Only one million people are going to to a doctor because there are not there are not so as many doctors in in the world, right? So in this case, the first step to be more close, to obtain, to uh, have a zero result or a zero feature in this case, the most uh, common one, the most popular one is a feature snippet that most of the people, they're not gonna click on that result because they are already receiving all the answer to their search queries in that uh, paragraph or in that list or in a a table. So all the information is gonna be already there. And that's pretty much amazing because if you are searching for example, let me tell you a real example. So for uh, dental clinics, the most common search query today in the U.S. is, what is a root canal? So, if you enter that search query on Google, you will receive a beautiful feature snippet, even with an image, about what is a root canal. And all the information in 44 words, explaining you what is a root canal. Or the second one, for example, how much do braces cost? And you will have received a beautiful feature snippet with a table with the with the prices with different products. So to be there, you need to be sure that you're answering all the questions that you're in this case patients, future patients, users are asking to Google. No matter if it's something really, really popular or if it's less popular, for for example, all the people who are going to the doctor are asking the price of the services. That's something that is that is common. So you need to answer that and have the already the content prepared to uh, receive or to be able to receive a feature snippet. So you need to have a paragraph, in that part, after the, the title of the question, you need to have that paragraph uh, built in no more on an average of 44 words explaining what is the price of your services. Or even better, if people are mentioning the word price, we found out in another research that if people are men- mentioning the word price, Google somehow is triggering the table feature snippet. So it will be good to have the prices that you have versus, I don't know, the uh, your competitors without mentioning their name or just saying average for these services all their clinics are charging this amount we are charging this so making a comparison will be something good to to be more visible and how this impacting how this this is affecting the health industry in this case people are not going to click on that result even more just 3 days ago google made another change on their algorithms because in order to receive a feature snippet you needed to be you need to be ranking at least at the five top positions on the on the first page so that means that uh, if you have already a feature snippet you can be still in the second position or in the third position duplicating the content in the first page of google that's uh, something that is not going to happen more. Why? Because Google is deleting the organic results from the first page of Google. If you were in the second or third result organically, now you're going to be sending to the second or to the third page of our results, which uh, is kind of not good for the rest of the people because all uh, I will say, all the world is really uh, mad about this uh, decision of Google, but it makes kind of sense because it's kind, it was cannibalizing the same result having a feature snippet, and then you can have a second result over there, so that's more visibility. In this case, you need to be prepared for not receiving that click, for not being, for not receiving that uh, traffic for for that search query, but you need to change your strategy to receive more awareness. If you are a, if you are working in the health industry, if you are a doctor, a, a, a pharmaceutical expert, whatever, you need to have your brand awareness and your brand over there. Why? Well, let me tell you why. Because most of the people these days are searching for symptoms on a voice search device, on an assistant. So these results are the foundation of voice search. So you need to have that in mind.
0: What's
2: the 411? Hi, I'm Alan Shubridge, and here's the 411 for healthcare marketers. I wanna talk today about the one statement that drives every healthcare marketer crazy, and I guarantee you've heard it. This phrase, nobody knows about us. I know you've been told that at least once. The challenge when you hear that is not to roll your eyes, uh, not to look irritated, it's difficult to do it. uh, Because when someone says that, obviously, if we have patience, people know about us. If we're getting referrals, people know about us. So how can you respond to that statement about nobody knows about us? Well, if you're bold, you can try this approach. I once had a partner in strategic planning who whenever he'd get that question, he would turn to them and go, so tell me you know, who has the best price on 17 inch truck tires in the county today? And the person would always look at him and go, well, how am I supposed to know that? And then he'd say, well, that's the point. If you're not in the market for something, if you're not thinking about it, it's not gonna be on the top of your mind. So that's one approach. Uh, If you want something less confrontational, I advise you not to attack the statement with logic and facts. Um, That can just really get people irritated. It starts a a kind of like, I say this, you say that kind of argument. The really the best way to dig into someone telling you, hey, nobody knows about us, is to break that statement down into some questions And identify what the person who says it is really trying to achieve. So I kind of ask six questions uh, to walk someone through: What are you really trying to get at? The first question is: What does success look like to you? Do we need more customers? Do we need more sales? Do we need referrals? You know, what if more people knew about us? What would that amount to? What would that? Why would that be important? The second question you can ask is: You know, who are your key audiences? Who are we going after? Who needs to know about us? Um, When I was in Portland, I worked for a nonprofit agency. Uh, that help transition people from homelessness to housing. Well, the vast majority of people in the, in the community, we're really not going to know about that. It's happening behind the scenes. But who we need to know about that are the clients we serve, the actually homeless people themselves, state and local officials where we get our funding, and then key, fun, key donors and fundraisers. Those are the people. Not everybody on the street is going to need to know about that organization. So again, ask, you know, who are your key audiences? Where, who are you really trying to reach? Because you're never going to reach everyone. The third question is, you know, where do you stand today? Have you actually formally measured your awareness with the general public or key audiences? I remember one time getting a question or that statement about nobody knows about us for one of our hospitals in a local community. And I was like, well, you know, come on, the building is right there by the side of the busiest road. I guarantee you people know about us. So, you know, we kind of dug into the data and our brand awareness and of course, you know, something like 90% of people were aware of the hospital. So again, it wasn't an awareness problem. It was more like, what are you really trying to achieve? The fourth question is, you know, what are the measurable results? Again, if we have more people knowing about us, what are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying to see an increase in patient volume? Are we trying to see an increase in names to our foundation donor base? You know, What, again, is gonna be that measure? Have them kind of answer that question for you. And again, I think you can ask a fifth question, what are your key messages? What do you want the audience to remember? Um, who are your subject matter experts? And is there something that really sets you apart from the competitors? I think that's one of the hardest things in healthcare is saying, you know, we really do something different. I know people will say, when I ask them, what makes this difference? And will say, well, we really care about the patients. And you know, that's another like, try to hold back from rolling your eyes because what hospital doesn't? What hospital actually sets out to you know, inflict intentional harm and be unwelcoming to people who walk in the door? No one. So again, that's not a differentiator necessarily. So we need to dig a little deeper than that. The sixth question and last question is you know what's your budget so again uh if you want to reach everyone in the community you want everyone you walk up to to know who you are uh, if you want your hairdresser or your barber to say gosh you know i, I re- literally knew about that new piece of machinery you guys have again that might be unrealistic but hey what kind of budget are we talking about so you know if you want to have everyone in the community understand who you are what you do i think that's impossible off the bat but again if we're really going to have that conversation it's like do you have any money to do this so Are we talking about, you know, a six figure to a million dollar budget to to push a message? And again, that usually helps people focus down and go, well, maybe not really. Who I really want to reach is the referring providers or who I really want to reach is key donors. Okay. Well, now we're talking about something that's more manageable. So again, those are some of the the questions you can ask uh, to avoid that eye roll when someone says, hey, nobody knows about us because we know it's not true, uh, but we need to walk people through and have a productive conversation.
0: Fernando, this is great information, and I know there's a lot more that, that the organization put out there. What's the best way for, for listeners to, to get a hold of that, that research? Was it all in one document, or how do we get our hands on more of that information?
1: Actually, we made several research around different industry because, we, as I mentioned, we are data providers. You can find this research on semrush.com, uh, SEMrush, uh, and we have a section that uh, is, say, PR articles, PR material, and you can find it there. Actually, we have uh, different ebooks as well, but in the part of the research, you you can find it.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Fernando, this is such useful information. These are the kinds of insights that are so helpful for our listeners. For any of them who want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: yes for all the people who wants to connect with me i'm always available well most of the time available if you are not on a plane on linkedin just find me i'm kind of the the only one uh, there with the name fernando angulo or you can find me as well uh, through email f angulo at semrush.com or on twitter instagram uh, pinterest wherever you want i'm public person so I'm always uh, trying to be in contact with interesting people. Uh, Well,
0: thank you so much for stopping by and for sharing all this information with us. Uh, Good luck in your travels uh, and and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Jared. I really enjoyed this day.
0: Listeners, he is Fernando Angulo. He's the head of communication for SEMrush and you can connect with him how he just shared. Look for him on LinkedIn, find him there, find him anywhere on the web pretty much. Thank you as listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Posse. You can listen, subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. If you enjoyed this program if you enjoyed this episode go check it out we're coming up on 100 episodes and two years on the air we have we pretty much talked about everything with digital but we are looking forward to to even more future conversations and we have some pretty special stuff coming up for that 100th episode so stick around for that healthcare wrap is an old digital production and a member of the shift.health network so on behalf of fernando and myself keep marketing forward thanks and that's a wrap